0: This is the Pro America Report on the Answer, San Diego. Welcome, 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 Ed Martin here in the Pro America Report. Great to be back. A long weekend away. I hate being away, so it's good to be back. Hey, do me a favor. If you're on Twitter, or if you're a Twitter person, follow me at Eagle Ed Martin at Eagle Ed Martin. Uh, I tell you, a lot of folks are on there. And you know, it's funny to me. I don't think I believed it. I really didn't believe it until probably, I don't know, the last three or six months. No, probably three months. It's just true. Twitter, for politics, Twitter is where people are paying a lot of attention. So do me a favor, follow me on Twitter, at Martin. pass it on to your friends. And don't forget proamericareport.com, proamericareport.com. You go there and you get the, uh, get signed up for the daily wink, what you need to know. It goes out at 5 a.m. Pacific time, 8 a.m. East Coast time, and uh, you'll find out everything there. all the interviews, all those things are at Americareport.com. and right now it's time for the wink, what you need to know, the daily wink, and let me run through a few things. You know, I used to give you just one, and I got a lot of grief from some of our great listeners. They said, no, no, I need more. You got to give me some, give me, couple, give me a couple minutes on a couple of subjects, and so I'll do that, and so here you go. Uh, first of all, the General Flynn situation, what a nightmare, I mean, what a nightmare. If you didn't hear the court of appeals ruled eight to two, uh, that the judge in the Flynn case should proceed with his, I don't know, discussion about what happened. In other words, the, the prosecutor and Flynn say, let me go. The judge says, wait a second. Why'd you spend a year or two trying to work this up? I want to talk about it. Um, all these appeals have been on two narrow questions. One was tell the judge to let it go. And the court of appeals said, no, we won't tell the judge to do that. He's entitled to some some uh, thought about it and two, assign a different judge because he's clearly out of hand. Both of those things G- General Flynn lost on. And here we are. I mean, I got to tell you, if there's ever been as, as great an affront to a man as what's happened here, I don't know what it is. I mean, he, he did. It's now been shown, especially after the Department of Justice said, we don't want to proceed. They then revealed in these so called Brady filings all kinds of things that should let Flynn free. He will be free eventually, but he's just tied up tight. And I talked to him over the weekend about some other stuff and encouraged him. And I just, I just don't know what to make of it. I mean, I, in terms of it's just such a mess, it's just such a mess that America is allowing this to happen. You know, it's just such a mess that America is allowing this to happen. Um, it, it's terrible. It's sad, um, and uh, uh, it, it makes you a little bit crazy. But here's where we are. I mean, it's where we are. And, and so, I, I, I think General Flynn will be fine. His, he's um, he's a tough dude. But it's just, and it's also too bad that we're not getting to have uh, him. Um, that, that we're not getting to have his voice uh, on the uh, in the in the public sphere right now because that would be a huge uh, boost and a huge bonus uh, to do. And so here we are. I mean, it's just it's just tragic. It's, it's just tragic. It's terrible. And um, um, the uh, reality is uh, it's very frustrating for those of us that want to see um, things move ahead. All right, so that's what you need to know on that. And, and again, it's not the end of the world. It's just a waste of our time. And it's terribly unfair to him. All right, uh, Joe Biden gave a speech this afternoon. You may have seen some clips of it. It was uh, about midday um, and he was over. He took a, a took a, a car. Up, or maybe he drove, maybe he flew to Pittsburgh. So he did get out of Delaware and he gave a speech in Pittsburgh on a teleprompter. No questions asked, uh, no questions afterwards. And I have to say, uh, to be fair to him, he did better than I expected. He only had two or three miscues where he was obviously fumbling with words. But, you know, if he wasn't so old and seemingly so addled, you would probably just say, oh, it was, you know, you're giving a four, 20 minute speech, pretty short speech. But here's the thing about it that's really crazy and funny. And, I, you know, when you're reacting, here's a trick in campaign politics. It's also kind of true in a lot of things. But when you're reacting, you're losing. In other words, if someone's setting the agenda, you're losing. And so what happened here is Biden emerges from his bunker earlier than he wanted to, his, his basement bunker, and he emerged because, why? Because on Thursday night, Don Lemon on CNN said the unspoken to CNN's Chris Cuomo that the Democrats have been racing to try to figure out what to do. And that is this. The rioting's gotta stop, Don Lemon said. It's showing up in the polls. You see, the rioting and all the energy and all the anger amongst young people and minorities and anarchists, the Democrats didn't mind that as long as it didn't damage them in the polls, because they thought, well, it's good for people to, you know, be tense and it's good for us to get people uptight and upset. Suddenly it showed up in the polls. Now they're running around saying it's a terrible idea. Terrible idea. Terrible. Please stop. Everybody, please stop. Uh, uh, Kamala Harris's people, her staff, were bailing out the, to the rioters about four weeks ago. Now they're all saying, don't do it. Don't do it. So Biden emerges from his bunker, goes and gives a speech in, Penn, in Pittsburgh. And he says, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, all this violence its happening because of Trump and his people. Nobody in America believes that. Nobody in America thinks that the people that burn down buildings in Kenosha or or in Portland are 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 Trump MAGA hat wearing folks. The people that are arrested, according to the, the reports, are, you know, from 44 different cities. They're all these, you know, uh, what we don't know is who's paying them. Actually, there's a movement. Ken Buck, Congressman Buck, as well as uh, Senator Rand Paul have said, let's uh, cover that. I'd like to see it. But we don't know who's paying them. But the fact is that we do know and what you need to know is it Joe Biden can't I mean, he can do it with a straight face, but most people look at him and go, what? It's not red hat, MAGA hat wearing people who are burning down Kenosha. And when he stands up there and says, oh, yeah, yeah, but this is good. We got to it's like, you know, wait, Joe, the people on your side are either these people that are burning down Kenosha or they're allowing it. One of the two. And now that you say you don't like it, well, that's good. But where were you six weeks ago? And so here's the reality. Here's what you need to know. Biden can't figure out what to do. So he's reacting. He's reacting. Here's another one. Over the weekend, I've been telling you about Big Ten football. We'll get to this in a second, too. Big Ten Conference, Inc. is now in a lawsuit with uh, Nebraska football players. And we may get to the bottom of what this is, a sleazy backroom deal to cancel, cancel football. Hundreds of millions of dollars left off the table for kids, for the schools that play football. And when they cancel football, you know what comes next? There's no money for the softball scholarships, tennis scholarships, golf scholarships. It's not just football players. It's all athletics that are going to be impacted. Sleazy backroom deal on a phone call, maybe, maybe not at all. The Big Ten Inc. does it. Fourteen members of Big Ten Inc. are the multi-million dollar per year university presidents. Joe Biden ran ads this weekend. And said, "Eh, eh, 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 uh, it's um, Donald Trump's fault that Big Ten football got canceled. Huh? The people running Big Ten, Inc., look at them. Look at the backgrounds. Look at what they say. They're liberals. They're your people, Joe Biden. But again, if you're reacting, you're losing. What you need to know is if you're reacting, you're losing. That's how politics works. That's how life works. And so Joe Biden is chasing because Donald Trump's been saying, Big Ten should let him play football. Figure it out. When you make six and a half, seven million dollars, like uh, Dr. Shapiro, the president of Northwestern University, who's the chairman of the board of the Big Ten, Inc., you can't figure out how to take the hundreds of millions of dollars that you're making off of the Big Ten conference football players and others and figure out how to play a season, how to do what they're doing in other places. They opened football on Friday night, I think it was, or Saturday night, and they were playing. It's So division one teams. I forget. Austin P was one of them. And Michigan can't figure it out. The president there, president Northwood. No, give me a break. These guys didn't want to. They're playing politics. But they're going to eat it, I told you. At least five. Now I'm up to seven. I might say maybe seven. Up to seven of those those university presidents will lose their jobs in the next 24 months because over the next two years, there will be a reckoning for these people that play politics with their institution. And when you have donors and faculty members and students and booster clubs and alumni associations, they're just going to get tired. You watch. Seven out of the 14 will be retired or fired in the next, two, uh, next 24 months. That's my prediction. All right, back to my list here. Got to keep on it because people want me to cover a lot of ground on the Wink, the Daily Wink. Oh, Big Ten covered it. Last one is unions. Over the weekend, the Chicago Teachers Union, official Twitter account, retweeted a protester who was building a guillotine in front of Jeff Bezos' house. Now, I'm not a big fan of Amazon in terms of what they do and some of their decisions, but it's a little bit much to have a guillotine on the streets and have uh, building a guillotine. It's a bit kind of beyond our usual sort of protesting. I mean, and the Chicago Teachers Union officially tweeted in support of that. So now you have the uh, Los Angeles Teachers Union who says they won't go back to work until they get Medicare for All. You have the teachers unions in almost every big city who are basically in charge of the Democrat politicians and they've had six months, maybe a little less, maybe four and a half to five months to get ready for school and their answer is can't do it. Not gonna do it, not gonna happen. We want more concessions, more pension, Medicare for All, a guillotine for Jeff Bezos and we can't do it. What you need to know is two weeks from now, Back. Three weeks from today, the teachers unions will become the focus of the anger and ire of all Americans who see the schools being broken. By the way, uh, three and a half weeks from today, the football season, it will become clear late September, every Penn State fan, Rutgers fan, Wisconsin fan, Michigan, Michigan State and Illinois you get the point, will be realizing, oh my gosh, they lost, we lost a season of football to these idiots that canceled it. And I'm just telling you that, but back to the teachers union, the teachers union are making themselves the biggest target. They are the enemy of the people. They're the enemy of we, the people, and they're going to pay a monstrous price, whether they believe it now or not. It's coming. I can just tell you that. So that's what you need to know today. So do me a favor. Go to, excuse me, go to ProAmericaReport.com. Check in at ProAmericaReport.com and make sure to uh, sign up for the daily email as well as... Please go there and uh, um, uh, check out these great interviews and things that are coming. Uh, a few moments, I'll talk with uh, Congressman Andy Biggs and later on, Congressman Jim Banks. Uh, So we'll look for all that. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Great to be back. And don't forget, go to ProAmericaReport.com. You're going to want to go there when I finish this interview because Congressman Jim Banks, who's been on before, he's also been on with me uh, uh, when I was over uh, guest hosting on Breitbart Radio. And Congressman Banks, of course, we've talked to him a number of times. He's from Indiana. He represents the third congressional district in Indiana. And uh, he here's the thing that I'm loving right now, Congressman Banks, is it seems like the issues that I care about, which is all that <laughs> matters to me. Uh, in a way, is things that you jump on and get going on so for a year and a half, two years i 've watched on some of the major china fight where i 've been saying we have to decouple you 've been coming up with important angles to legislate to get the Congress to keep up, but the one that I saw was really smart, and i hadn 't thought of it, but I immediately just thought this is fantastic is Congressman banks uh, went uh, went and said if you 're going to go out and cause trouble in these cities you 're going to riot." You're not going to get your um, your uh, um, uh, benefits from the government for being out of work. You don't get to be a lunatic and then take money from the government. So, first of all, welcome back, Congressman Banks. How are you today?
2: Hey, good to be with you, Ed. Um, you know, I, I like to think all these issues from China to the this bill that we're going to talk about today the, these are issues that matter to me, that they matter to common sense, uh, hardworking Hoosiers in my district. who wake up every day and wonder. Why are they paying for protesters to show up in the streets? And, and they, they go to work every day and pay their taxes. My, my aunt, uh, by the way, texted me earlier today. She's not a Republican, she's probably a lifelong Democrat. She said um, she's just sick of it. She goes to work every day and she pays her taxes. And then she, she realizes that her tax dollars are going to uh, fill the pockets of, of uh, professional protesters for their unemployment benefits, or, or they're going to restore public property that's been damaged it's just common sense that we did, we could do something about it and that that's what fuels my motivation to uh, work and address issues like these
0: you know, uh, before we get to the bill that you filed, we're talking with Congressman uh, Jim Banks, and I'll put up his uh, his link to his uh, House page so you can see more of what he does and find out more if you're from Indiana. Excuse me, if you're from Indiana and listen to this, you know, you should make sure to check him out, even if he's not your congressman. But before we get to the bill, um, I noticed that you tweeted a couple days ago, right after the president's speech, there were people leaving the White House. And, and we all know the story. We've all heard the story of, of um uh, Rand Paul, he and his wife got, you know, attacked and, and threatened. We met many people more than I, I, I wish everyone heard. Alice Johnson, the woman who spoke, who was uh, com- her sentence was commuted. And then later she was pardoned by the president. You know, African-American woman, very impressive speaker. She was jostled and I think felt threatened. But there's an image that you tweeted about two people, you know, a, a senior citizens leaving. And there's a young guy giving them the bird like f- right to their face. And you tweeted it at Pelosi and said, hey, Speaker Pelosi see these are my constituents they're good people if you told these mobs to stop i have a feeling they would congressman banks you've been you were in the indiana senate you've been around you're in the military you're now in the congress you know it's second i guess you're in your second term maybe or but how, how right. obvious is it to you that the leaders on the left are not willing to stop this how, it feels like you're right, but how? What's the reality? You've been inside the corridors of power. It, why don't they? Or it, what's the story here?
2: Well, it's, it's it's clearly motivated by the left, and um, I, I hate to I hate to say it, I hate to go there, but it's so obvious that um, the left wing groups are funding Antifa, uh, whether George Soros type groups. Uh, BLM um, has been uh, that whole effort has been taken over by left wing groups. That are very politically motivated. They're, they're the ones that, you know, if, you, if you're around Washington, D.C., my, my dad was actually uh, here with me uh, last week. He dropped me off at a doctor's appointment, and he was driving around the street waiting to pick me up. And when he picked me up, he said, you're not going to believe it. I saw all these protesters getting off of, like, shuttle, uh, charter shuttle buses. Well, well, who pays for that? But clearly, there are left-wing groups with a political agenda they're paying to um, to drop off these, these protesters." Washington, D.C. Now, like uh, I, I you, add, I serve my country. I'm all for, just like you, I'm all for peaceful protests. And there's nowhere better to do that than our nation's capital. I've been a congressman for four years. There have been a lot of peaceful protests for every cause under the sun. A lot of them I don't agree with. Many of them I do agree with. Everything from the March for Life to um, other peaceful protests, the Women's March. Well, these, are all, these are all peaceful protests, whether you agree with their agenda or not. But when these protests turn into violence, destruction, or the assault of innocent people like Thursday night. My, my constituents who came out of the White House, they went to hear a president who they love. They're an American dream story. They had the opportunity of a lifetime to go to the White House and hear a president that they love give a historic speech. And the night was memorable for all the wrong reasons, being assaulted by an Antifa thug, flipping them off um, on the on the sidewalk as they left. If that, if that would have happened in my hometown in Indiana, that thug would have been arrested and put behind bars. Where he belongs for assaulting an innocent couple, but that, but just to, to your point, in these big cities with Democrat mayors, you're not seeing these, these thugs arrested. You're not seeing the violence addressed. And the more that it's, the more that these these Democrat leaders turn a blind eye to these activities, the more the more we see this occur more and more, and being fueled on a nightly basis. I, I really do think that Speaker Pelosi held a press conference right now and said, stop. Uh, The mobs are doing more harm than they're doing good. They would listen to her because I think they actually think they're helping her. They think they're helping Joe Biden. They hate President Trump, but they want want this violence and destruction to occur until election day to try to persuade the American people to vote for Joe Biden over Donald Trump. And I I, I really think it's going to backfire
0: uh let me clarify too uh, thank you we're talking congressman jim banks his third congressional district he was elected in 2016 so began serving in january of 2017 so in his second term i think I, I think i started to misspeak but maybe i caught myself so let's talk about this congressman bank let's talk about this bill then so Friday you introduced a bill that said if you're convicted of violence looting or vandalism in contact, in connection with a protest so we're all for we're you know we're telling chris memo to cnn's chris cuomo you're, you you have a constitutional right for peace Peaceable, peaceable, you know, uh, protests and and and, uh, and redress of your, you know, com- uh, issues. So here, and if you're convicted, you would what you would lose uh, unemployment benefits. Um, walk us through what the bill is and then tell me, is there uh, every Republican ought to be for it? Is there uh, anybody on the other side, the Democrat side, who's willing to be honest and say it's a good thing? But tell us what the bill would do, first of all.
2: Yeah, there are two parts to my bill, as you've explained. Uh, if you were convicted and found guilty, so arrested and found guilty of violence or riots or looting as a part of one of these, these uh, protests, which is, by the way is a, is a far cry from peaceful protesting and exercising your constitutional rights, that that that's different than breaking the law, causing violence or destroying public property or assaulting innocent people. So, if you were found guilty, you would lose those enhanced federal unemployment benefits that we passed through the coronavirus aid packages that six hundred dollars a week or if President Trump extended the additional um, the the unemployment enhanced unemployment benefits or anything in the future that might be passed as enhanced unemployment benefits. There, there was a pretty powerful line I thought in the president's speech He case heard him speak on Thursday where he talked about what happened after he signed the executive order to institute a ten year prison penalty for anyone caught uh, 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 tearing down statues and, and you know he sort of he sort of laughed in his in his uh, and as uh, Trump, President Trump and the way that he laughs and said, uh, as soon as he signed the executive order, in those incidents, Trump that he didn't notice, and I think my bill would have the same sort of deterrent effect on these um, on these uh, violent uh, rioters. Uh, if they if they knew they were going to lose their unemployment benefits, they might think twice about showing up um, and causing that kind of destruction in the streets. So I introduced my bill on Friday. Uh, this morning when the Capitol opened up, we got a flood of Republican lawmakers who reached out to my office. Like, Steve Scalise was the first one, said, so I, I want my name on it. I want to be a co-sponsor. Um, and then Senator Tom Cotton in the Senate picked up the bill and introduced it just a little bit ago and uh, introduced it oh, in the okay. Senate where it might have a, a better path uh, to passing than it will in the House. But at this point, complete cricket from Speaker Pelosi. Not a single House Democrat has been willing to step up to the plate. And say, um, enough is enough, the, uh, stop the mob, um, uh, uh, stop the violence in America's cities. Um, it, it, America is better off if you, uh, peacefully protest rather than, than act out in a, in a criminal fashion and cause violence. So that's the sad state of reality is the Democrats at this point have been fully unwilling to do that. Although Joe Biden did have a press conference a little bit ago and addressed these issues, But he blamed it um, unbelievably and humorously. He blamed it on, on President Trump and said he, it's his fault that all these people are rioting and causing violence, um, which I think most most of the American people are probably laughing at Joe Biden in his face for even suggesting something that's so outrageous.
0: Well, I did, I did, I watched that and I just thought, I, I just think they don't know what to do. You know, they're, they're, they're having a hard time. They're losing in the polls and so they're changing their tune as quick as they can. You know, uh, Congressman Banks, we're talking to Congressman Banks, by the way, and he's a, uh, Indiana, uh, third district congressman and he also is, I think he's, uh, in, well, he's in the Republican study committee. He's one of their leadership. We'll see if he ends up, uh, as the chairman, which is something that will be decided. But you know what I was thinking about with this, Congressman Banks, is there was bipartisan agreement that welfare to work, you know, the idea that you Would attach to welfare. We're all going to agree that we have to have some, you know, a safety net. Most of us, some people don't. But, and when you do, though, you say, you know, you got to make an effort to get a job. You got to, if you're going to have welfare, you got to make an effort, you know, to do, and it it changed the incentives in what is not a, there's no constitutional right for our government to take my taxes and give it to someone else in any of these programs. But if we decide as a republic to do it, we could put conditions on it. And everybody agrees welfare to work was, was generally better for the dignity of the person to me this kind of thing is perfectly aligned where you say hey look if you're going to get convicted if you're going to make uh these uh mistakes of violence and everything else you're going to lose something for it and change the incentive structure right it it, it modifies behavior and i think that kind of legislation should be more attractive broadly we'll see but uh anyway i encourage I, I uh i encourage you on this and i i'll give you a last word if there's uh, anything you want to follow up with before we wrap up
2: well I, I I appreciate that uh, encouragement. You can follow us at, at Rep Gym Banks uh, to learn more and uh, we've we've created a number of these videos of of um, these activities there's been a lot of a lot of examples lately of these protests holding up busy intersections and blocking traffic uh, the, the, These types of activities have to stop. It's not just happening in washington d c but it's happening in big cities all over america and we need we need leaders to step up and whether it's introducing a bill like I have or we need we need more uh, mayors and and governors to step up and do their job and bring law and order by enforcing the laws. President Trump is focused on that and dedicated to that. But we need more um, leaders around the country to do the same as well.
0: Very good. Hey, thanks, Congressman Banks. Thanks for clearing some time to jump on with us. Uh, Be careful out there and we'll look forward to talking again. Congressman Jim Banks, Indiana's congressman for the third district. Uh, We'll take a quick break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on a pro-America report back in a moment. The Pro America Report on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back. Ed Martin here in The Pro America Report. Good to be back. And uh, we got something a special guest, Dr. Brett M. Decker, New York Times bestselling author. He was a, a Wall Street Journal reporter over in Asia. He was the Washington Times and the senior leadership of the Washington Times, and now is a professor at Divine's College in Ohio. But he does write also over at uh, the USA Today. And so a piece ran the USA Today, and I saw it and I said, man, he's on the radio show. He needs to come back on and talk about that. The title is Donald Trump can still produce great TV, and it may win him the election. All right, so Dr. Decker, first let me ask you about this. Is it because Trump's was better than the Democrat? In other words, is it the contrast? Or was it actually persuasive as sort of regular TV? What's your sense as you talk about how it could help him?
1: You know, I, I think it's kind of all of the above. I, I wasn't that excited about watching the convention, of you know, been to conventions, watched them, written about them forever, but I knew I was going to ha- have to write something for USA Today, so, you know, I was going to watch the whole thing. So it could, I watched both of them, so I knew what was going on. And, um,. I mean, I was kind of caught off guard at how good the Republican convention was. And it's interesting because um, how much better produced and how much more solid. um, I mean, it's really it's an interesting thing about President Trump being kind of newish to the GOP, definitely new to the conservative movement. How much more solid these things are under him than with like the regular movement, conservatives and think tanks and establishment rhino republicans in charge like from beginning to end the convention was uh pretty solid and pretty thorough and and compelling all these different stories and i so i think one the production of it was good right i mean the the democratic one was depressing and this is like an empty warehouse and the canned applause was all mistimed and they were all distancing by 18 feet with their masks on and no high fives. I mean, you know, I mean it looked like post-apocalyptic, pop, pop, apocalyptical, hmm. and the Republican one in grand rooms. I mean, let alone the finale with the fireworks and and everything else. But you know, uh, the the Republican one, all the main speeches were in these you know marbled, columned rooms with flags and looked grand. You know, kind of remind you, you know, America is this great place. We're not all hunkered in the basement like Biden. So I think, I think yeah. the presentation of it, the appearance of it, and also I think the content was all, all compelling and, and, um, and, and also positive.
0: So um, we're talking with Dr. Brett Decker. So I, I, this weekend, as you know, uh, Dr. Decker, who's also doubles as a friend of mine, I staff a tent every Saturday morning at our local farmer's market with a, Republic, a Republican tent. And I'm the kind of lead guy. And so I'm there almost every Saturday for a good chunk of the day. This week, a guy came by and he said, I'm for the congressional candidate, but not Trump. He's not a real Republican. And I said, well, actually, what's your debate? What's your problem? And he said, I'm for free trade. I want more. I want a TPP. And I said... Well, actually, that means you're not a Republican because now the party of this of this president, he's for multilateral agreements. The USMCA has Mexico and China. It's a three way deal. He's just not for these stupid behemoth ones that were ending up being, you know, uh, bad for American workers and good for some multinational multinational corporations that were uh, uh, trading on the American stock market. But it feels to me like there were a number of um, of moments like that, that the present sort of took the the party and said it's mine now. Now it could lurch back in four years, but on the wars, you know, at least the language of reducing the the number of wars on immigration, uh, you know, on building the wall, on pro life, maybe, maybe not. I mean, everybody's sort of been pro life. Other Republicans, there were a number of these moments where, uh, on, for example, criminal justice reform, which you and I five years ago we would have said, oh man, if the next president tries to do that, that's usually jive. It's usually not something that is really good for the, the the country or the culture turns out trump is sort of threading a needle where at least i'm giving him the benefit of the doubt when i see alice johnson so how big of a of a, of a landmark was the convention if it was basically the new republican party or the republican party of of today i mean it feels to me like that's a big deal you know the the,
1: the, the headline i proposed for my uh, usa today piece sometimes they take your headline, sometimes they don't. But mine was um, uh, Trump's populist political realignment. And I think it gets to what you're saying is, you know, there are these movements going on where Trump has a potential to stitch different constituencies together that haven't been together ever or for a long time. So, um, you know, if you look at that, like, each, like there are so many people speaking to the convention saying, I didn't vote for him last time. I've never voted for a Republican before, but he got me with this. He got me with that. He convinced me with bringing jobs back to the Rust Belt. He got me with looking out for dairy farmers. He got me with um, you know uh, uh, criminal justice reform or whatever. And and if you look at what his and he does have, like he has this tender heart for those who've been left behind. Right? It's it's legitimate. He's genuine about it. And if you look at what ties all these things together? Well, you know, like a lot of black people have gotten the short end of the stick, or they they didn't have the same opportunities, or whatever. Or right, I mean, the one thing about shipping all our jobs to China, the people are hurt. Uh, workers in the inner city, a lot of a lot of black workers, but also white industrial workers, right? So uh, white blue collar workers, those those people have a, a, a natural common cause, right? And Trump's right. going after both of them. You know, some of these polls. Uh, A recent Zoghvi poll two weeks ago, has Trump has 36% um, in the black vote. And that's not just a one-off. He had 40% in December. So people know he's speaking to them. It's not only criminal justice reform. It's, you know, a lot of the African-American community knows they had it. The economy was the best for them, lowest unemployment ever under Trump. And they know coronavirus is what knocked them off, not because Trump's forgotten about them. So I think you have a lot of interesting dynamics playing out and. The way Trump looks after the little guy—well, the little guy is is color neutral. Not gender neutral geez. Color neutral. <laughs>
0: uh, it, the, uh, <laughs> we're taught. Wait a second. I, I just. We're talking to Brett, Dr. Brett M. Decker and uh, and his piece, which I'll put up on social media uh, in the USA Today on the convention is worth reading. It kind of also, as I often tell people, Dr. Decker, you you wrote a memo five or six years ago, two years at least before the election, describing to then uh, then layman, then businessman Trump, hey, if you're going to run for president, it goes through Michigan and Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, a few other. Uh, How does a TV production in the era of like five minute um, attention span, does it matter? In other words, by the time we get to next week, is the story so far in the past that it doesn't matter? I mean, are we living in a world where it's almost like nobody has any long-term memory or... And this is my alternative theory. I tell someone it's kind of like seepage. You you may not have sat there and said, "Oh man, I really think Trump is impressive and did a great convention." But you the impression you get is eh, big time, and you move on, and you're and what's left is an echo of you know big time, well done. I mean, it, it, or are we just gonna whatever happens in the last two weeks of of October is going to shape the election?
1: Well, you know I, that's a great question, and I think I, I think it's it's kind of twofold. Is one it was... The convention was better produced. It had better content, or right? it had substance behind it, that the Democratic the Democrats uh, convention didn't. But I think the other part is people sense a qualitative difference between Trump and Biden and the Trump GOP, this new Trump movement, populist. Nationalist Republican Party and the Democrats, and that right, the Democrats, especially if you watch the the events during the day that weren't nationally televised, is one freak show after the not- another, and things Americans don't agree with. You know, so I think partially why why Trump is attracted to people is like uh, whether you're a man or a woman, whether you're you know black, white, whatever. Um, you know, you want safe schools, you want to be your job to be secure, you want your finances to be secure, and you want you want your neighborhood to be protected, you want your neighborhood to be a safe place to push your stroller and And all Americans want that, and I think they think I think they realize that one person's genuinely looking to deliver that and that's and that's Trump.
0: It's um, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting if, if today. You're watching it today. I know the polls are You know, it's a long way from the main poll, but there's been a lot of quiet over the weekend on the polling. And, and most people say it's moving. It's been moving in Trump's direction. What's your sense? Again, you've looked at you're in Ohio right now. You're from Michigan for a lot of your life. And then you just know the politics. Where, where do you think we are right now?
1: I tell you, you know, a, a month or six weeks ago, it wasn't looking good. But now we're in the margin of error all over the place. So Michigan's within five points. Wisconsin is like two points. Um, Minnesota, last poll I checked, was around five. Minnesota. Minnesota hasn't gone Republican since Nixon in nineteen seventy-two. Back when we were right, we were pushing a little Mickey Mouse tricycle around or whatever. Right.
0: So in Minnesota, Minnesota can play.
1: Uh, you know, whatever. I was to but if Minnesota's in play, it shows people are they they know Trump's not to blame for coronavirus, and they're sick of people in Minneapolis, one of the most liberal states, the only state that didn't go for Nixon seventy two. Um, right? For example, if they're looking at going at Trump, it's they're they're sick of they're sick of the left letting everything get burned down and destroyed.
0: Gotcha. Yep. I think you're right. All right, Dr. Brett M. Decker, the piece is at USA Today. We'll put it up on social media. Again, uh, it's Donald Trump's convention. Excuse me. Donald Trump can still produce great TV, and it may help him win the election about the convention and what's going on. Appreciate it very much, Dr. Decker. We got to take a quick break. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer San Diego. This
1: is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast launched by Phyllis Schlafly, who served as an articulate voice for traditional values for more than 70 years? Upholding that legacy and himself an author, national speaker, and attorney, here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin.
0: Throughout our nation, abortion clinics are operating and making blood money. Their lies take the lives of thousands of innocent babies each year. The pro life movement works tirelessly to educate the youth. And pro-life workers strive to save the unborn and give hope to expectant mothers through various forms of activism. Engaging with people, raising funds, and managing centers that assist women require a lot of work. Pro-life organizations rely on volunteers and workers to help save the lives of the unborn. If you're pro-life and you'd like to get involved, there are various ways you can assist. There are many national pro-life groups Organizations like Phyllis Schlafly Eagles educate and organize national pro-life events. Local groups offer sidewalk counseling and on-site prayer at abortion clinics, as well as crisis pregnancy services and more. These organizations can't do their work alone. Please consider offering your help at one of these pro-life organizations. Sidewalk counselors, volunteers to work with expected mothers, and praying outside abortion clinics are all great ways to be on the front lines helping the born and the unborn. Men, women, and those with children are always sought after by pro-life organizations to help. Your beautiful family is a reminder to those considering abortion what they could have. If a local location is not near you, consider getting in touch with pro-life groups to know what legislation is being considered in your state and help it pass. Sending emails, calling, and writing to state legislators are all necessary to promote pro-life legislation. This both advocates for the unborn and fulfills our civic duties as Americans. If giving of your time is not possible, consider donating to your local and national pro-life organizations. Any aid offered helps pro-life groups save the lives of the unborn and mothers and fathers from a life of regret. Think about what you can do. And please... Get involved to help win the fight for life.
1: This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Despite the outrageous pro-abortion stance of many liberals, the vast majority of American people value human life. More than ever, pro-life voices need to stay vigilant and be heard. At PhyllisSchlafly.com, we're not backing down. Please join us in the battle for life at Phyllis Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report.
0: Welcome back. Ed Martin here in a Pro America Report. Don't forget, follow me on Twitter, at Eagle Ed Martin, over on Facebook, Ed Martin Live, and also go to uh, proamericareport.com to get every little bit of what you're hearing on this program. If you need to listen to it again, and also get signed up for your daily email, The Wink. What you need to know goes out at 5 a.m. Pacific time. 8 a.m. East Coast time, and you get everything you need to know in one email. All right, let me wrap something up here. I I spoke about this on Periscope over at at Eagle Ed Martin on Periscope, if you're not tuned in there. Every afternoon, I take a sort of preview whack, preview cut at uh, what the wink will be. And so I talked about some of the issues you heard me talk about in the first segment of the show, too. But on there, I did mention uh, that the the, uh, upcoming, um, that the follow up uh, to the convention last week, Very few people mentioned something and that something was the Republican platform, because in 2016, the Republican Party created what is uh, widely considered the most conservative sort of pro America, America first platform ever. And I can tell you, I remember vividly on, on March 11th, 2016, in a little tiny uh, side room next to the Peabody Opera House's main floor, main uh, main uh, stage, Phyllis Schlafly, Donald Trump and Ed Martin got in a room and Phyllis said to him, I've spent my whole life working to get the platform and get it conservative and good for America. I need your help in Cleveland if you're the nominee to, to make sure we keep it good and strong. Trump said, I promise I will. And in Cleveland, Phyllis got everything she could have ever wanted in a platform. And for those people that say that platforms don't matter, my reminder is America's founding, we're a Judeo-Christian country. Doesn't mean you have to be Jewish or Christian, as I've always told you, but you're buying into the values. One of the values of the Jewish people and the Christian people is the word they believed in the word, the, 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 the Torah, the Bible, it matters the word how the, what the, the word has meaning. Then you come forward at the founding of our country, the constitution, the declaration of independence there 's this sense that word matters more than more for us than anybody that when you have a constitution it 's not just a written document of words it means something more it 's an anchor. So our platforms of our parties have been anchors. It doesn't mean they're perfect. A lot of people say they ignore them, but they hold the parties in in contours and kind of shape even when they start to move a little. Right now, the Republican Party platform from last week they adopted the 2016 again. I call it the Schlafly platform. The Schlafly platform of 2016 is adopted again. And it was and it basically a cover letter that said, we ran on this in 2016. We still think it's the best articulation of what we think about it. It mentions the, Biden, uh, the Obama-Biden administration. Turns out we're running against half of that administration anyway. And here we go. And it's really great. And it's a great document. And when the history is written of this period you will see the weight of that written platform, it's real, and now it will be in effect for effectively eight years. No matter what, whoever wins the presidency, I think it will be Trump for a second term, it is the document, and, and you have to depart from it if you wanna to try to change it, and that gives it a weight. It's, very, it's a very important thing that's happened, it's a very important detail about what has happened that that was held to and passed again. So the Schlafly platform, check it out. I'll put some up on social media, and you can uh, check it out there because it's uh, it's quite an extraordinary document with some extraordinarily important uh, parts to it. So that's big news. All right, we got to run though. We got to run. Thank you as always to our great technical director Noah, and also to Joanna for helping book a guest. We'll be back tomorrow night. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Thanks for listening.